and you're listening to The Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian-American perspective. Yes. I'm Marvin Yeh. I'm Minji Chang. And we are your hosts for this weekly look at Asian America and pop culture and vice versa. What's vice versa? The way around. Okay. But uh, 88. 88, the number of ultra abundance, etc. <laughs> is that, um? does that work in Korean too? Because 88 is ba, which is like fa, which is like fortune good fortune in chinese i was wondering if that's something you learned from your chinese friends or i think so actually i didn't hear that much about 88 in korean culture i knew of 88 from back to the future as in you need to go to 88 <laughs> miles per hour and then you you know time travel so that's in all a, cases it's a good that's a number. timely reference there <laughs> yeah it's a good number regardless what is there a lucky korean number um, actually, I don't know. I don't, not that I know of. I just know that four is like the worst. Yeah. Four sucks. Yeah. Apparently. Four means death. <laughs> yeah. So they don't even have it on the elevators and stuff. Yeah. It's, like it's, it's our it. 13, except instead of ghosts, it just means death. It's like if, um, 13 is actually death. So like 10, 11, 12 death. It's like that. Well, it's that. And then like in Christian culture, six is like the devil's number. Like basically all numbers, something is wrong with it. I don't know what is good that ones why are. it's just eight and seven. I don't know. Is that why people hate? They'll hate. Is that why people think we're like math demons? Because we like we like numbers. Numbers are evil. You know. Who knows? No, I'm the whole grasping. world is obsessed with numbers. Let's be real. Okay, we can go. I could talk about this for days because I have friends who are super into numerology, and I believe in signs and that the world is always talking to us, and that numbers are part of that language, and it's the most universal language that there is. <laughs> so, don't get me started. <laughs> I, I'm already regretting it. But, um, yeah, I know you are. I was like, you're already like shaking your head and saying, why did I start this Well, discussion? welcome back to the West Coast, Minji. You just had a whirlwind day of travel. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that later or, or you want to talk about that now. Um, but I'm not there to welcome you because I decided to go up to the Pacific Northwest. Um, listeners from last week will remember that I am here at the Kata um, National Asian American Theater um, conference and festival, which is a week-long festival up here in Southern Oregon at the um, Oregon Shakespeare Festival, um, which is this really cool campus of like a bunch of performance spaces. And we were watching plays and getting to know people here and just, you know. Um, Being a total thespian geek. I love it. <laughs> so um, this week we're still recording remote and it's going to be a little bit shorter podcast this week because I, I got a show to catch. And then I got a meeting to run. So in all cases, <laughs> no, it's good to it's good to catch up. With, I feel like it's funny. Like everyone's listening to us because we're all business via email and chatting 24-7. But this is when we actually get to catch up, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, you're there with all the interns, right? 
Yes, they are. They're working very hard right now, preparing for our Empower Conference working and our Star Showcase. Do that social media and, stuff. And, you know, preaching the good word. Well, that sounds <laughs> super religious. Let's take that out. They are getting really creative with how we can engage our audience and how we can speak to, you know, speak about what we're all in love with with this conference because I'm real excited. Get That's what gets me juiced. So, yep. yay. Awesome. Well, let's get this podcast started so we can both get on our ways. Uh, let's get this over with so we can move into other, other things. Do life. No. Um, every week we start the podcast with a roundtable segment where we talk about what's on our minds in the world of pop culture in Asian America. Um, why don't you give us? Why don't you start us off this week, Minji? Okay, so Marv, guess what? What? I have a pen. I have an apple. Put the oh, whatever, and then he goes, Ugh, apple pen. Have you seen the pineapple apple pen? No. Are you kidding me? You haven't? No. <gasps> what is this? Is this, the, oh, is this what the kids are watching these days? Yes, the kids in the whole entire world. Oh, my God, Marv. You're totally in that world of, like, theater stuff that you're not even st- paying attention to social media madness. Okay, a lot of people do. I don't think everybody knows knows about it but millions do and it's this japanese man who's dressed up in this very i can only imagine how many people are going to dress up as him for halloween uh, i hope they do because it's an it's an amazing like mix of mc hammer and prince and like share i don't know all together and it's no it's just it's pineapple pen it's pineapple apple pen and it's a song and it's so catchy and then there's been a, it's like the new damn Daniel and everybody has made like their memes of it. They did one where Drake does a Drake version of it. So somebody mashed up all the Drake hotline bling dancing to this song and then somebody made an R&B version of it. Like it's so funny. I'm sorry. My, my eyes glazed up. What's going on? It's shut. It's just a, a song that will last for the, for better or worse. It's a song and a look and a meme and a phrase that will last until the end of time. All right. So break down for me the uh, the social impact of. It's just like good comedy. But the funny thing is, okay, my reaction was a little funny because my my friend who's a white guy is the one that sent it to me. And again, I don't want to be one of those Asians or people of color or anything, like a woman who automatically gets their feathers ruffled. But like that's also a dangerous thing because you're like, oh, you're always trying to give everybody the benefit of doubt, even when they're being like a complete tool about something. But I know my friend, I love him. I think he's great. And like, I don't think he was ever trying to offend me. He's just sharing something funny. But the video happened to be of this Japanese man, right? And he's singing this really silly song of Apple Pen. And it's like that quintessential like Asian man who can't pronounce English correctly, dressed all flamboyantly and crazy. (laughs) <laughs> kind of like an even more flamboyant version of Psy. You know what I mean? So Wait, is that possible? That sounds like that would destroy Marvin, the world. Well, watch the clip. I'm I'm literally going to forward you this video on Instagram. I want you to take a look at it for I yourself. Want to. Yes, you do because curiosity will get the best of you. And then you don't want to be the one that doesn't know what everyone's talking about. Then you'll find out and then you're just going to talk crap about it and roll your eyes. I kind of do because that gives me the opportunity to roll my eyes and like make fun of it. Precisely, which is what you do with all the what the young kids are which saying is and my doing. Right. As an as what as as, <laughs> as an old guy old, to as like, an old fart to come up and say, "Hey, are we having good fleek time today?" Oh my god! Let's get lit, and he's 
here. Heezy. This is why he's, do the kids I still say heezy? invite you to parties. You be the guy making everybody feel stupid. <laughs> or tempted to, anyway. Anyway, the video is really funny. My white friend shared it with me. There was a smidge of like, so are you making fun of Asian men? Like, you know, it was that automatic <laughs> reaction. A little bit of... Uh, you know, ruffled feathers. But Maybe I know he meant also, it's like, this is hilarious. Like your friends saw that it wasn't Asian man. It's like, you know who to enjoy this? My Asian friend. I don't think so. We're friends and we always share funny things in general, which is why I totally give him the benefit of the doubt. And <laughs> it was, it is really funny. And again, if an Asian friend had sent it to me, I would have probably laughed, you know, right off the bat a thousand times harder. <laughs> but there was this general, de- there was like a delayed reaction. I'm like, what am I watching? Was there like, what does this mean? I feel like with, you know, with, with these videos, there's always like this. I guess you can call it rep sweats too, right? Like this first ten seconds. Like, all right, why are you sharing this with me? Yeah. Is it going to be something all, that's like horrible all, that and not to explain yeah. to you why it's not funny, or is it just going to be funny? I think it'd be. Funny. I did have that feeling with Psy too when that first started like getting hot. I was like, uh. Well, I mean, all of Korea was just confused, and they're like, "Why is this such a hit?" And everything, you know, and they're. And then I, they got honestly, super proud because of like the is is that the, what the Han is or is that like? Well, because it's because it's commercial viability and it brought them a lot of attention. And at the end of the day, I think the vast majority of the attention of Sai was very like like that he was a very lovable, fun guy. <laughs> but I also do wonder, right? Like, there's still a part of me that's like. Well, do you embrace him so much because he's like this chubby, flamboyant Korean guy that you can laugh at and with? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, I still have a bit of a raised eyebrow about it. I'm not salty about it, but I'm not like, oh, my God, everybody just meant it like, you know, in the most like loving, compassionate and admiration filled way. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm like, I'm sure it's another Example of like people are like oh we can still make fun of Asian people like they yeah anyway hmm. but I hope that you watch this video and I hope you get a good laugh it's highly entertaining I will put it off I, as long as possible I wish there were just like some like really sex sexy Asian men that got as much attention and virality as that speaking of sexy Asian dudes um, this isn't necessarily my topic but I did go watch the Oregon Shakespeare Festival's um, production of Viet Gone which is a play that started at um, the South Coast Rep um, last year, but it's about like the refugee experience, right? But then it's told in the perspective of the refugees themselves and the way they, that they portray them. They flip the, um, in terms of language, they flip it so that the refugees like, are speaking to each, to each other in like quote unquote Vietnamese, but they, it's presented as like American English. And, but the star is this big like jacked Asian dude. And mm-hmm. like the whole, like, not the whole play, but parts of the play is talking about how, like, these were young adults. Would, they had their own desires, their sexual needs, and, and they're just regular people. And um, it's funny because there was experience during our mission that um, our friend Andy ran into, like, these, like, um, theater goers who were older and, you know, not Asian. And kind of, they were confused. Like, is this good? Like, aren't they being shallow? Like, and then you just think, like, you know what? We can be normal dudes. Like being girls, you know. <laughs> how 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 far did that conversation go? Basically, he did convince them to give it a shot. I think the lesson learned from there is just like there are these stories that we take for granted that like it's still to the mainstream is still weird. It's still weird for them to think of people like 
us as well-rounded human beings, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was, interesting. Yeah, it was still really interesting. Like just to hear secondhand too, just like wow. Because you know, on one hand, you want to say, "Fuck that!" Like this story isn't for you. Get the hell out of here. But on the other hand, it's like it is important that you you stick it through and not leave because they were about to yeah. leave, and he was able to convince them to come back and watch the second act. So. Did you talk to them after? Was it like no, worth it for the? Uh, we didn't. He didn't follow up. It's like because everyone was like at the end, everyone was crying and like it was super emotional, and we just wanted to commiserate with ourselves. You know, like after you watch like a really, really moving piece, like a movie or a TV finale, you just want to be amongst your own people and like cry. Yeah, but see, uh, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that's that's the power of art is that you want to also reach somebody who didn't know anything about that and have a connection with it. I'm not saying it's your duty or anything. Yeah. Like you should have gone back and followed up with them. I completely get that, but it's it's also kind of like the insiders. It's such a it's such a catch twenty two. You, you want to yeah. create these stories so that other people can see the universal nature of all of our lives. Right. But it is a very unique niche, whatever. Like a culturally. It's not even that. It's just it's so shocking to see this unintentional. It's not not even microaggression. It's just like this this phenomenon of like people not being able to see these Asian characters as people, like three-dimensional people. And the fact that they're, you know, they're cussing on stage, that they're like kissing each other. And like, it felt like they were being offended for us when we didn't ask them to, you know? Right. I don't know. Well, okay. This is, uh, sorry, this is like, an, but this is like a not usual format for, <laughs> for our podcast. So I don't care. Um, and I do what I want. So the other issue that came up was the, and I didn't read enough about this at all because I was like going crazy in New York. Um, but it was the whole mail order bride scenario. Right. Like That's a, that was big news last ridiculousness. week. Ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah. Which was not on our podcast because it happened right after we finished our last one. Again, every, every week there's something. Yeah. Um, thanks world for giving us content to talk about. That's awful. But in any case, again, it's like the reaction was like, re- is, was very severe. Apparently. That came and went and, like, and really not... quickly too. Like within days, it was like pulled. And I, I do feel kind of bad that like this thing was squashed, but at the same time, like this idea was flawed from the start, right? Yeah. And yeah, so for 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 listeners who um, weren't on the internet or too busy watching Apple Dance videos, I guess. Um, and the memes. <laughs> NBC. It was NBC. I think it was NBC. Um, greenlit this. Um, or bought this a pilot for a sitcom about mail order brides right so i guess this the writer's family like his dad was a, her dad was a widower and in order to like keep his family together like he pretty much ordered a bride from the philippines to come in and raise his children which is the writer and her sister and then like there's this whole I think there's an NPR story on her, the actual story, and it's pretty fucked up. Like the dad ended up having a second family in the Philippines and ended up abandoning his family to go live with them. And then mm-hmm. the the stepmom just like kinda left too. And like it's actually a pretty like dark story. But mm-hmm. um the fact that like it was being sold as a sitcom. Yeah. Making light of this, like this practice that is at best indentured servitude, I guess. And that I mean, it's worse, just it's like human trafficking. Human trafficking. Right? <laughs> that's basically what it is. And, and I still don't understand how that's like a legitimate thing. And it's... I think it's um like just imagining how these boardrooms work. 
like a lot of decisions are being made without context, right? So like you got NBC here, used to be the king of comedies, right? They must see TV. They had Friends, they had uh, Will and Grace, they had um, Scrubs, which is the best show ever. I don't care what anyone says. And they're looking over at ABC saying, well, how, they're getting all the monies and all the people. How is that? Oh, they have diversity. We need diversity too. And they like look through their script to find like, What's the script that hits this box? Which one can we have an Asian in? Boom, let's do it. This is that's just me like dramatizing it. Well, but, like I feel like yeah, that's, that that's kind a of very, thoughtlessness, very you know? But... Yeah, it's yeah. like that kind of thoughtlessness of like, oh, we need diversity too. What's a story that has diversity in it? Oh, this one's cool. We can still cast white people in it. So let's do it. Right. Well, I don't even They'll think that it. they were looking at like, oh, we can cast white people in. I don't even think that was I just again, like from all the things that I know about this entire situation, which is like very, very minimal. But again, the topic itself um, for me as a woman, as a woman of color and as a human, just <laughs> I cannot see. I, I would love for somebody to make a document, see that the documentary world is very different. I'm sure there are documentaries on this, but to make it um I don't know. It's just personal to me because, okay, straight up, this is tangent to like, but is related. I've had men follow my Instagram about like at the beginning when I like looked at everybody who was following me, um, I would like see like, who's this person that follows me? And there has been more than one. And I kind of stopped looking just cause it was taking too much time. It's not a whatever. It's like, why care? But, um, there are a few men who clearly have Asian women fetishes and um, two of the three that I actually looked at have, I'm pretty sure, mail order brides. <laughs> like one of them is Thai, one of them is like a Thai woman and then the other one is um, a Filipino woman. So it's just so like, like when I saw that, it's just all the creepiness of, you know, real life of like, these are, these are men that exist and they're like buying women from <laughs> Asia to marry and this and they're like creep i'm sorry but the the, the men that were following me and they're like they look really weird and creepy they gave you a creepy they, vibe like, totally creepy vibe I'm i understand sorry. so like a lot of these two are like the families right this is a practice from like a bygone era that probably shouldn't exist but you still have like cultures where um you know sons are valued as you know, carrier honors of the family, but women are valued for their worth in, like, marriage, right? Bearing um, children, cleaning kitchens, cooking food. There you go. Right, but, you know, there, there's, um, what was it, like, really fucked up Chinese proverb where, like, um, like, the sons belong to your family, but your daughters are, belong to another person, like, they're some they're they're pre someone else's property pretty much. Yep. Right or something like that. I'm, That's what I was yeah. saying. Like in every not even Asian culture, but like across and because my friend did all this research on marriage in general. <laughs> but marriage was basically it was a business transaction and it was like yeah. trading cows. Like, trading oh, cows my... and even in like the noble families, like alliances, right? Like yeah, exactly. We we will dominate this province by joining our children in marriage who could not hate each other more, but whatever. Like we wrote it and put our, we spit on our hands and shook. So you know, there you go. I don't know. Basically, I think a plot of material. like every Shakespeare play, right? Or like every pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah. in any case, yeah. Back to the mail order thing. I think it's terrible. But again, the the reaction I think is is telling. Um, it was swift and it was like within two days, 
NBC had, had pretty much trashed the idea. There was like a yeah. letter writing campaign that got really got a lot of traction, and I think it just hit a nerve, right? It's, and it's like it's like we were talking about like with things like Fresh Out the Boat and Dr. Ken, like not not only succeeding in mainstream media, but but like getting renewed and thriving, like actually. Like we we've been making all this progress, and like everyone's super afraid that it's just like another false start, like you know, like All American Girl. But no, we've been getting momentum, like our shows are winning awards and like getting noticed. To have something like, like this happen was like, fuck again. But but then that's but then that's also telling again. It's a how it's perspective how you look at it in another way. You can look at it again that they're they're seeing that diversity is something that is oh yeah yeah entertaining popular etc so they're trying to get on that train they did a bad job at it but then of course you're not going to have a hit every time but the fact that people were vocal about it again that 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 vocalness is something that is a significant element of the journey that's been absent until now really right. you know there were only a few key people who ever really were vocally outspoken about things that were stupid and shitty and racist and whatever and now it's a lot more comfortable for people to like be like that's that's dumb. Don't do yeah. that. <laughs> and I mean, you get a lot of the backlash here is like, what's a true story? Like, we shouldn't hate on just because you know we don't like it. It's true. It's the, all the writer story. But at the same time, like, look at the broader context. The broader context and the fact that like, sure, and it's, what it's about. Like, you're a gatekeeper to this network channel that goes out to middle america like the majority and like we already know how much portrayals representation affects how people view people right people who've never met an asian person or like a mexican person or a black person they form their ideas through their parents and on from tv right the talking box told me this (laughs) well i'm I'm being a jerk but it's true and like the other thing is that again i i don't doubt well, actually, I don't know. I didn't read the script, but they're defending it, saying that they were going to do, you know, everything to make it a very fully flushed, you know, three-dimensional character with a strong story and a, you know, strong personality, and it, it wouldn't be just like the butt of a joke. I get that, but I don't know. Choose your moments. I just yeah. bad idea. Yeah, bad idea. And it, you're getting paid a lot of money to play <laughs> that role, and you made a very bad move. There's a lot of. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, definitely diversity is more than just a buzzword now. It's a mission statement. It's like a a directive, right? A social directive as well as a business directive. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. Like, you know, um, Sam's story, Twin Search, just got picked up for uh, to be developed into a pilot. And there's a lot of fear around that. And, you know, when Sam could talk about it, I'd love to bring her back on the podcast to you know discuss it. But... You know, everyone that's been announced to be connected to that project besides Sam herself are white. And so the 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 community is having some rep so it's about whoa, are they gonna how much are they gonna adapt from the story, right? Yeah. So. I, I, I have a lot of faith in Sam just because as a person, as a yeah. woman, as a creative, as an artist, she's she's not Again, and just knowing how much the story means to her, too. Right? Yeah, she's not going to yeah. just sit back and be like, hey, yeah, do do with it as <laughs> you will. But also, like, I think, and also, again, it comes kind of like the people involved. Sam's a great 
collaborator in general. She's strong and confident and outspoken, but she's also, so I hope that means that the people that are part of that are people that are allies who are people that care about the core essence of the story, which is not their own and therefore can honor that by saying, Hey, look, we don't know how to dictate this. We just want to make a cool story happen. How about we like get, (laughs) you know, consultation or input from people who actually have lived this or have the right, you know what I'm saying? To yeah. The right nuance to make this something that's fun, like really funny and entertaining, but has accuracy and has good, you know, like depth and substance. So I don't think that that's impossible. Again, it's up to the people who are deciding who says what and, you know, yeah. like p- people make that happen. So please be aware of that creators <laughs> who are listening to this podcast. And if somebody can forward this to them, we're making progress. Obliged. And I think the more, I mean, our generation is coming of age, uh, more people that are grew up in a diverse world, more people who have this kind of like, yeah, duh, let's do diversity. Yeah, of course, type of mentality. Mm-hmm. And I think the more of those people that get into these positions of power where they make the decisions or at least can like bring up questions, the yeah. less instances of this kind of thing with the mail order fam- the, with the with the mail order family TV show, hopefully it will happen. Mail order bride. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to keep on this um, this discussion topic, but uh, let's take a quick break. BRB. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to the Collabcast. The Collabcast, of course, is part of Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of our Asian American communities. You can learn more about Collaboration by going to collaboration.org, where you can also find Collaboration digital content programs, including blogs, videos, and podcasts like this one. Just got a couple of quick updates for you this week. Uh, First of all, is a quick save the date announcement for our upcoming events in November. I'm, of course, talking about our Empower Creative Leadership Conference and our Star Finale Showcase taking place over the weekend of November 11th and 12th. Um, You can check out the event pages respectively at empower.collaboration.org and star.collaboration.org to find out more about each event. Tickets will go on sale soon, so please keep checking back for more information on that. The Empower Conference is, of course, our second annual conference uh, featuring keynotes, panels, workshops, and mentorship sessions from Asian American creative leaders in the fields of entertainment, including music, filmmaking, writing, comedy, and new media. And of course, Collaboration Start is our finale showcase, wrapping up the 2016 season of Collaboration. Up-and-coming Asian-American artists from all across the nation will be convening in Los Angeles the night of November 12th to compete for the Collaboration Start national title. The night will also include some great guest artists and collaborations that you can only see live at the event. Um, It's taking place in Los Angeles, so save the date and start making plans. One last thing before we go, um, the Collabcast is proud to be a founding member of the new Potluck Podcast Collective, a new collective of Asian American podcasts and podcasters, bringing you fresh perspectives and unique stories from Asian America. The collective is gearing up for our official launch later in mid-October, but you can get a head start by following us at Podcast Potluck on Twitter, as well as checking out our website at podcastpotluck.com. And I think that's it. Um, don't forget, you can always contact the Collabcast by emailing us at podcast at collaboration.org. We always look forward to hearing from you. And with that, let's get you back to the show.
Welcome back to the Collabcast, um, episode 88. Lucky 88. Welcome. Roads, but we're going. We don't need roads. That was a good movie, though. It was a great still movie. Holds up. Two still holds Hell, up. Two. Yeah. Three. I've never. I should go back. And re- I was never that big three. on three. Yeah. I have the trilogy, and I am. I'm inspired to watch it tonight. One definitely holds up. Oh, for yeah. sure. Two at this point is a little. It's a little weird because like we're past two. We're no, we're, but it's still really good. But it's still so good. <laughs> um. So VR. last segment we were talking uh. about like new TV and some ill-conceived ideas from the industry. But I wanted to talk about fall TV is here. And for the first time, Asian American TV is back. Season three of Fresh Off the Boat. Season two of Dr. Ken. Season two of Fresh uh, Master of None is coming out next year. So we got to wait for that. But not only here, but uh, there's a new sitcom in Canada produced by CBC called Kim's Convenience. Um, speaking of being at the Kata um, Confest um, Theater Festival, it originated as a stage play that's been adapted to a TV show about a um, Korean-Canadian family that owns a um, liquor store. And stop me for this before, with an estranged older brother from the family. Full disclosure, I haven't watched the trailer yet, but I did see that it's happening. <laughs> I'm very excited. Yeah, it's... Um, there's been a lot of excitement, even in the States, even though we can't watch it. It was supposed to premiere yesterday, but then the Blue Jays did really well in the playoffs, so they're, they're, they're pushing off the premiere, which is good. You don't want to get preempted by playoff baseball. That's like the sure way to kill a show. So it's actually, I think it's a good sign that they, instead of premiering anyways after baseball, that they're actually pushing it back just in case, because that means that the, the network is trying to support it and make sure it thrives. It's getting really good nice. reviews, so... Super excited about Man, I like, wanna watch more, the trailer yeah. right now. <laughs> it's um it's you know Fresh Out the Boat is definitely like a Taiwanese American story. Um I'm sure you'll get a lot more of the uh the the Korean inside jokes of this one. There's a there's a really good clip about um how there are no cool Christian Korean boys that you should watch. <laughs> <laughs> or no such thing as one, yeah. Well, no, see, that's a giant, like, that's what PK's been joking about. There are all, all the, like, like the badass Korean guys that all go clubbing, get drunk, and then go to church the next day. That exists. That's a, again, in my book, does not label you as cool. But yeah, yeah, no, there's whatever. Yeah. Oh my God, could go on forever. But yeah. sub genres, sub genre, like, could just make more offshoot shows. <laughs> And then there's also another show coming out in Australia called um, Something's Law or Law Something, but it's about a um, Asian Australian family who's like I think the dad is a lawyer or something, but it's like a law show. So like I think diversity is at least Asian representation is is the hot thing right now. Is that correct? get it all up in there? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, we've Let's made it. Do. No, yes. We no longer need to fight. Let's pack it up. No, I think it's just keep, we got to support the ones that are doing it. And then that, again, that's all collaborations is doing. I'm, I swear to God, I keep tooting our horn because every day that we're like moving forward on this, this, this train, um, come up with these random metaphors. So we're on this train that's been moving for 17 years and suddenly it's gained speed. Um, it's causing a lot of reflection on like, how did we get here? 
and it's funny. It's just like we work with so many different artists who've gone so many different ways. And all of that planted a seed in everybody else. Because if you saw your friend doing it, that automatically gave you some sort of, you know. Right. Even if you didn't want to do it, but like, dude, my friend's doing that. You know, <laughs> my friend's going for it with his music and his beatboxing. And then my boy who b-boys and, And I think you know, something that comes out from all these shows having, you know, success or finding success or like, these characters finding like acceptance is that you start to realize or people start to realize that like there is room for more than just one. Right. Yeah. For the long time we were fighting for that one. And now we have like three, well, four, the thing five. Is, right. But then that's still looking at a very like studio mainstream way, because when you look at shows like Netflix, so when I was in New York, my, my roommates were obsessed with um, Narcos Mm. And I was just like, there's not one recognizable celebrity in that. Apparently, one of the main actors is like a really big actor from Brazil mm -hmm. or um, Brazil or Argentina, one of those countries. But, you know, so he's an international pole. But again, in terms of Netflix, which is very catered to, well, I don't know if it's catered. I might be totally be wrong, but it's still like a, a very big U.S. audience, right? Mm -hmm. they, did, they didn't need you know, James Franco to step up in there to suddenly make well, I mean the project legit. That's what I'm like, saying. I mean, I, I think we're both um, talking about similar things. Whereas, like, for the longest time, you know, your success means I'm missing out on a role, right? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. you getting this role means I didn't get it. Because, yeah. like, you, 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 we listen to a lot of the, you know, the elders in, in the industry, like, talking about, like, going to these auditions and seeing the same people over and over again. Because they're right. all going for those, those precious few roles. And then now we have all these different ways to create not only create roles for ourselves, but for people to create roles that for us, right? I think that's, yeah. it's, it's a good, it's, it's a, a good, it's, it's really good time to be like a creator or, 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 or a talent, like a creative, right? A creative industry person, I guess. And it's also a great time to kind of, oh, what I'm trying to say, I had a really, really profound and awesome thought that like, it just, I know me. it's in there, Marvin, and you will release it when it's ready to fly. <laughs> but I, don't know why I, I, I feel like, especially like even in collaboration, we feel it. Like people are more, um, like the people who have, like we we came up with, are even if they weren't community minded before, are becoming more community minded now, and realizing that it's important to, as a Absolutely. whole, like raise each other up. And I think that's, for sure that's super. Well, there are still that there are still those, and that's that's something that you know I struggle with personally, where I see. There are those who, um, and, and, and there are different points of their journey, and who knows what they went through to like prompt this shift. But there were people who were totally down for the community who've, whatever, you know, decided to disconnect to a degree, who don't right. feel that, that necessity, urgency, or desire, whatever, and no longer really identify saying, like, oh, I'm all about the Asian community. I get that. That's fine. It saddens me because I'm like, damn, you used to care. Now you don't. And then there's people who have had no relevancy or like they just didn't see any connection have their own issues with their own identity and i've met so many of those people recently where they're like oh there's an asian community that's freaking awesome like how can i find out more about that because suddenly there's this touch point and like this this yeah. narrative that makes sense to them they're like yeah we should be raising each other up and that's really exciting because there's all these different people outside of the bubble that even in collaboration we've been in yeah. right I like mean, as, certain... as collaboration we we we, we connect a lot of communities where you know in, in LA where we're blessed to be amongst a lot of groups doing really cool stuff 
But in some of the other cities that we're in, like besides collaboration, you know, there's there are professional orgs, there are you know there are community orgs, but like orgs supporting Asian American arts, you know, it's it's tougher to find, um, and it's to to have that connection to people in LA, in New York, in Chicago, in other cities that are doing it, like pursuing the same struggle, like trying to become a, an artist in this world that you know tells you that that's not what you're supposed to do. It's super important. Even here at the, at the Kata conference, you know, just there's a lot of actors here. There's also a lot of theater directors, artistic directors who, you know, their goal is to bring more Asian American stories into the mainstream and to being amongst like other leaders that are doing the same thing in like cities like Kansas city, like Minneapolis, like SF, Oregon, Seattle, LA, like New York, like, big market cities and small market cities coming together and like, you know, like just realizing that there are, you're not alone. This fight is, is huge. Right. Right. That, that, and I, I know we've been on a really positive role, but I kind of just like need it. This is my therapy session. I'm just, I, what New York has kind of influenced like the month in New York. I think one of the things that I went out there for was to get out of LA to get out of the bubble for a second. I've been here for two years, but at the same time, like, Anybody who's lived here and does the work that we do, we're in a very, you know, tight knit community and whatnot. You just need to step out of it. I, I say regularly so that you can maintain perspective. But what I wanted to get out of New York was to kind of find my own voice and find some independence because I feel like sometimes in LA, I get so concerned about um, what I say being the wrong thing or being misconstrued or I'm going to offend somebody or that I need to be you know, you know, pleasing to everybody. And I just get, and that's so not the New York way. And New Yorkers are just kind of in their lane. And if it happens to work with your lane, that's great. And if it doesn't, then, you know, GTFO, it's fine. There's no big deal, no harm done. And my thing with the Asian community is that there is a community and there has been a struggle and there has been a movement. And for anybody who listens, you know, we, there is a support system. There's people who care about you rising because to a lot of people, they do look at it like if you rise, we all rise. If you do well, then like we can all have more opportunity and have a more diverse, accurate representation of us. And there's people that I just kind of like, I hope that those who don't see the, the, the benefit of that anymore can understand like they did benefit off of that. So I hope that they will, you know, in their way, give back because somebody had to give a crap before anybody else did you know what I'm saying we like I, that's why I'm so proud of collab is that for better or worse and we didn't every do everything right but I don't know looking back on our 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 the people that we've crossed paths with they're really sincere awesome people that we really believed in and a lot of them have moved on to do good things. I don't want to start making a name dropping thing but <laughs> I don't know it's just like it, it's different that that doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen out of thin air that comes with like intention you know yeah like someone had to say look, I care about your success and it's going to better everything for all of us. So I'm going to like your fan page and watch your YouTube videos, even if they suck at the beginning, you know, like yeah. someone had to believe in you. <laughs> yeah. That's my, my rant. All right. Before Ish. we, before we wrap up, because I got to catch a show, um, I yes. didn't want to bring up your uh, New York adventure. So what happened? You misread your uh, flight time. Oh God. Yeah, I was trying to get a Wednesday flight and I booked it for Tuesday 
by accident. And I found out on Monday when I got an email first thing in the morning saying, it's time to check in for your flight. I was like, what? Aren't you so glad they did that like a day before your actual flight? Yes. Yeah, so I do appreciate <laughs> technology for telling me that. Cause this I is like a really new, because usually you're just like trying to, like you know your flight, but you're just trying to beat the time, right? Yes. Yes. Like, this was like a whole other scenario because I had meticulously mapped out my last few days to see everyone I wanted to see, how to manage my luggage because I have a lot of crap, um, half, half of which I didn't even use. So, you know, I don't know if anyone else does that when they I travel. I feel like in, the, in the future sitcom of your life, this is going to be like the recurring storyline. Shut like up. The, no, it's not. The character <laughs> trait of, of, of Minji Choi or whatever you like- call your character. <laughs> I would like to have an assistant who makes sure that I don't do this ever again. But it was fine. It worked out fine. I missed some people. But honestly, I'm like, I'm going to go back. Well, welcome sure. back to um, to the heat. It's supposed to get hot again soon. West side? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Is it? It's, it's, it's like good, pretty... It's going to be like 83 degrees here in Oregon. So I'm assuming it's going to be like on fire in, in L.A. I love how you're like closing out the podcast with the weather talk I that you flip hate. Flip it around, like you know, people don't <laughs> listen this far, so like we can talk whatever the hell you want. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> no, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, welcome back. Um, you got a lot going on, so um, I'm let you get back to that. This has been episode. I like how episode 88. We've been like teasing it forever, and it's like our shortest episode. But I know. Um, wah, wah. Well, we got a proper 100 coming up, so. Uh, stay tuned for oh that's that. crazy we need to schedule that out and we're gonna make we it should a do like a live block. show with like i'm down a live band and <laughs> like 10 guests or something Hoopla. i don't know we, got, we, gotta, we gotta make it work and we know we can do live shows now because of that one live show that um i didn't record anyways <laughs> have fun at your show thanks have fun back at work um, I know I'm back at it. You're like, I'm gonna go to a show now. I was like, I gotta make an agenda now. It's all right. I, I'm looking forward to like the ten emails I'll get after the show gets out. So, pretty much, life never ends. Actually, life. No, that's not. That's not the. Mm. Life goes on. <laughs> anyway, go to your show. Go to your show. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone, to episode eighty-eight of the Collabcast. Um, if you'd like to send us an email, you can always send it to us at podcast at collaboration.org. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and wherever podcasts are found through our RSS feeds. Um, don't forget, if you listen to us on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us out, and it makes me feel good, and it will make me feel good during my drive. drive, drive. And me too. And Minji too. She loves reading props. Um, yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah, and that's it. Um, we'll see you all next week. Talk to you later, guys. Bye.